Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming, host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic They make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out, Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Rachel Kohlercroft is the author of Stone Cold Fox. 
She is an author and screenwriter in Los Angeles, where she has scripted projects for Bloomhouse, Sony Pictures Entertainment, and Comedy Central, among others. She lives by the beach with her husband, Charles, and their rescue pit ball, Juniper. Stone Cold Fox is her first novel, and it was just announced that Universal Television is developing a TV adaptation of the novel. Rachel will also write the series. Julie Pleck and Emily Cummins will executive produce through Pleck's production banner, My So-Called Company, as part of her overall deal with Universal Television. I'm reading this from the Deadline.com article. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Stone Cold Fox. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to meet you, Zibby. <laughs> oh, you too. Tell listeners about your book. Sure. Well, Stone Cold Fox is about an ambitious young woman, B, who has her sights set on marrying into the 1%, one of New York's hottest young bachelors, Colin Case. And she's a total bombshell. So she doesn't believe the challenge will be in getting the ring from him, but probably from his family and inner circle at large, including his childhood best friend, Gail Wallace Lester, who soon has basically she will take B down at any cost, including looking into her dark past. Um, and B was raised by a con artist mother. So her past is indeed pretty dark. <laughs> Oh my gosh. In one of the scenes towards the beginning. So so part of what makes B interesting is like this life that she's created for herself, right? Which isn't real. And so she says she's gone to Duke, which of course she hasn't. And like, <laughs> you're so funny too in the way you write about it. You're like, this is from a group of people who like still like to talk about where they went to school, even though they're like in their forties, which is so funny because I am one of those people who does that. And, my, <laughs> and no, it's just so my husband came from outside Sarasota, Florida, and he like came into this whole community and he's like, what on earth? Why is everybody asking me where I went to school? Like, this is such a random question. Like, I don't know, like Venice High, does it matter? You know, and I'm like, it's just a shorthand. Anyway, it was just so funny the way you did it. And of course she's like, well, you know, so-and-so didn't know you at Duke. And anyway, it's the frenemy vibes. It was just sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And also just how you poke fun at all the men and what they're looking for. And they're like power, they're power hungry, sex hungry, like greedy, money grubbing. I mean, it's like not the best light to put men in, I will say. <laughs> I think that not is all men, Not all men. Right. And I will say, even though B says certain things about men, a lot of the men in the story are not actually as bad as she's perpetrating all men to be. She does have some really great stepfather figures in her life. True. Colin himself is very well-meaning. It's one of the things that she is actually attracted to him about is that he's actually nice to her. But on the flip side of that, she's also had many interactions with men being so beautiful and just the type of woman that she is that have been um, less than desirable situations. But I think what I love about B is... She's always playing a game and collecting information and figuring out how she can use that moving forward. Even though she could be seen as a victim by some people, I don't think she self-identifies as a victim at all. And she thinks she's got it all figured out, which I think is really fun to watch, especially when she doesn't <laughs> entirely. It was so appealing to see a woman so totally in charge and just like using every little thing that she could, every expression, like she was just so attuned to everybody. 
right? Like, oh, Gail did this with her face. And so I knew, and that was a tell. And like, she's so, she's like a a face reader. Like, I I just feel like she's very emotionally intelligent and uses that. Very observant. Yeah. Observant. That's probably a better word. Okay. (laughs) Which is fun. And I love how you put her in such a position of power, like running the board meeting, you know, like it's not just (laughs) that she was a society lady at lunch who like picked up this very wealthy dude, right? Like she's a powerful woman and, you know, she's got two legs to stand on. So not that there's any Nothing wrong with any of it, but you know. Right. No. And that's like something that I purposely set out to do for my main character and just make sure. So in books and TV, I'm just always very attracted to whoever is seen as like the villain. Mm. And I don't think that's because I'm attracted to their nefarious ways. I just like characters that are very active Mm. and kind of have their shit together and know they're going to make moves in one direction or the other and have this like singular goal about what they want. So when thinking about B and the type of woman that aspires to marry up, I tried to think about how I could subvert that. So these reasons have very little to do with the finer things. Does she like them? Sure, we all do. But what she's looking for is safety and security. And that is what Colin and his whole family represent her because she didn't have that growing up. Um, and she's funny and smart and not a bimbo. So I thought she would make for a super compelling main character. And I liked writing in her head the entire time, even though I love so many of the other female characters. And I did toy with the idea of maybe doing multiple perspectives, but I think by staying with B the entire time, it made the narrative thread stronger. Totally. I feel like B is like Sharon Stone meets like a <laughs> 1980s Glenn Close or something like that. Yeah, I would I would agree with those assessments for sure. I mean, Sharon Stone is someone I pictured a lot when writing the character of Mother as an example, but just very much like, She's a femme fatale. She comes from a femme fatale. And I think people are intrigued by those type of women. I know I am. <laughs> I mean, that would be a good, I mean, is it, is this already a movie? Did I like miss news or something? It's probably no news yet. TV okay. Day. TV day. okay. <laughs> well, it definitely would be a neat adaptation because you could do a lot of stuff with the mother character too. And having the two generations of schemers. Yes. You know, I think I wrote about it that it's like, you know, dirty, rotten scoundrels. If the woman had a daughter or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I was trying to think like, who are these conniving women? I know people have been mentioning Heartbreakers a lot, which I love mm. that movie. And then someone mentioned, which I didn't even think about this when writing, but I feel like it's accurate. Kind of a darker version of My Best Friend's Wedding, which is already oh. when you revisit <laughs> the movie now, you're like, wow, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. That's so funny. Well, I don't know. Not like I need to keep comparing it to movies. It's a book on its own, <laughs> and it stands on its own. But you know, there is sort of at the core of it a sad like the, the the fundamental relationship is is flawed and that's sad right between her and her mom right i mean her mom does all she can for her but is completely unpredictable and unpredictable moms have yeah she's not great <laughs> and he, growing up keeps trying and i think yeah. that's why it's sort of hard to watch because i think you always want your mom's attention and love and care no matter how old you are and i think you know as b gets older she's you know, reckoned with it and very much doesn't want to be like her mother. And that's also part of her North Star is like, okay, what would my mother do in this situation? What am I going to do in this situation? But yeah, her mother, I don't think is super redeemable, quite honestly. Yeah, pretty much. I felt so bad when she was like, wait, whatever happened to Grandma Lois? Or You know, remember when she, I was like, I felt so bad. Oh my god. When she finds an adult that she connects with, it gets sadder and sadder when she ultimately 
doesn't have that person in her life anymore. Well, it was sort of a, a guilty pleasure, you know, just like spying on people in your book. I don't know. I felt like I was like, I, I don't know, devious or something. The whole thing. It was great. I mean, in a, good, in a very good way. No, I'm glad. I take that as a compliment. I wanted all the characters to feel like, even if they're making wild decisions, just feel like people maybe you've met or heard about. I just wanted everyone to be really three-dimensional, even the characters that I couldn't spend too much time with, even though I love them. Like Ren Daly is one of my favorite characters and she has like a few moments where she shines, but it's like, I can't go that far down the path with her, but I still wanted her to feel like a person. So I just like made sure to hone in on those areas where I could give them a little sparkle so the reader can latch on in a bigger way. Amazing. Wait, so take me through your career up to here. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is my first this novel. Is a, this is, turns out this is a job interview. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first novel, but I've been a screenwriter since 2015. Um, shortly after I graduated school, I moved out to Los Angeles for the first time. And I got a job at a very popular celebrity blog, which turned out to not be my calling. I wasn't a gossip queen. I've always felt really bad. <laughs> so much so that I actually moved back. I'm from Chicago. I moved back to Chicago for a couple of years, kind of defeated, like, well, I guess I have to get a real job, um, which was actually a very fortuitous detour for me. So I got into sales and I worked mostly for travel and hospitality companies. And when I returned to LA later and learned that screenwriting is basically 80% sales, I felt super prepared for what was expected of me. And one of the companies I worked for in Chicago, I became the top salesperson in the company and they moved me to LA. And this was in 2013. And I've been here ever since. Wait, what were you selling? Um, actually, I sold luxury floral arrangements to hotels, residential buildings, places that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on flowers every year. Um, B has some strong opinions about flowers in the book, which may or may not be my own. <laughs> feelings about flowers. It was actually a really fun job. Everyone wants to take your meeting because you're the flower girl. You go in there with pretty photos. And if you can beat their current vendor's price, I mean, they pretty much sign with you. So it was a lot of fun. And it was a startup. So it was a lot of like high highs, low lows. And it didn't work out long term for a host of reasons that are too boring to get into. (laughs) But when I started, you know, attacking writing as a career, it was shortly after a very gnarly breakup that I had with someone who was also trying to be a screenwriter. (laughs) I'm very motivated by spite. So I was like, well, if that guy can do it, I certainly can. So I wrote a script and I sold it later that year. And I've been working pretty steadily ever since. My first movie that was produced came out last year called Torn Hearts. It's streaming right now on Amazon Prime, I believe. But that was a country. Thank you. It's a country horror musical movie of my dreams. Katie Seagal is in it. I wrote all the lyrics to the original song. Oh my gosh. A really, really um, exciting development. And then now the book is out and it's everything. I feel like all my dreams are coming true, but like I planted these seeds over however many years and it's, it's a grind. I won't lie, but I, it's the only thing I want to do when I love it so much. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This mother's day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com 
MoonPig.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so you did the country horror musical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just a great combination. Okay. (laughs) What were the other scripts or shows or movies you worked on? Oh, sure. I mean, I've, this is the thing about screenwriting. I've sold very, a great number of things, but they don't always get made. But that's great. It's hard to sell them. Yeah, but I've been making my living at it. So no, I sold a couple of like big comedy features. I sold a couple of pilots. I'm optimistic about what's going to happen with Stone Cold Fox. One of the reasons I wanted to, I've always wanted to write a book since I was a little girl. I wanted to write a book, but something as a screenwriter that can frustrate me is I feel like I'm always pitching on other people's ideas because Mm -hmm. IP is a thing right now. So I was like, I'm going to write my own IP. (laughs) So I kind of want to become this one woman content house where I write my books, I adapt them, and then ultimately I want to direct them as well. Oh, well, look at you. (laughs) <laughs> what are you going to call it? I don't know. I've got I've got a few ideas, but um, my husband is in the entertainment as well, and he's a producer, and we hope to have our own company one day. We've got a lot of big dreams happening in our house. <laughs> my husband's a producer, too. He started his company a couple of years ago. So That's great. Yeah, that's really awesome. So I feel like you're one of these people who's just going to like crank out content, like, <laughs> like that you do it quickly. And what are some of the things you want to write next? Or have you already written another book? I have written another book. I have a first draft in. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about it yet, but what I can share is that it's music heavy, um, kind of in the way that Torn Hearts is very inspired by country music. I'm kind of going into a different genre with this. And it might even be a little bit spooky because I do like scary things. (laughs) So that's um, what I'm working on now for my second book. But I also am dabbling in a musical for the West End. I might be writing the book for a project there, always writing new feature specs, things like that. I mean, I'm very, I I have this long Google Doc of ideas and I kind of just look at it when I need to work on a new project and see what sparks. So yeah, I'm feeling, I'm in a really good inspired place at the top of 2023. It's very exciting. (laughs) That is awesome. I have so many ideas too, but then I always forget to write them down and I'm like, well, of course I won't forget. It's such a good idea. And then of course, I forget. I love this app. It's, I feel like a lot of, not a lot of people know about it. It's called Google keep and it's just lists that you can check the box off when you're done with it. So I use it for all sorts of things, but I literally just have it on my phone and I can, if I think of something that's even half baked, I'll just like uh-huh. pop it in there and it just lives in the thing uh-huh. that says idea. So it's not, I'm not a super, um, some people are very organized. They color coordinate and do, all, I just, 
like to have a long list that I can reference at my leisure. So if you're that type of person, I highly recommend Google Keep because it's like a method that has been working for me and doesn't require too much perfectionism in that regard. Mine is like scribbled on a notepad and then I stick it on my bulletin board. That sounds like, if, yeah. if I'm here, if I'm like sitting at my desk and I think of something, but when I'm out and about, forget it. I just, yeah, I Google, Google Keep. Keep. Okay. Google <laughs> I will think about that. So the question is, you seem like such a nice person, and yet you write about all these devious women and horror. So what am I to make of that? Where is all this coming from? I don't know. It's so funny. My birthday is around Halloween. I've always liked spooky things. I like since I was a little girl, I just gravitate to scary stories and the villains in movies. I don't know why exactly. I think to me, it's just the most entertaining way into a story. And I still like lighthearted things. I just, as a writer, I really like exploring kind of the good and the bad of a person because I I don't find that most villains are so cut and dry. Like, I think you can really dig in and see what's going on behind the, you know, the evil eye, as it were. It's so funny because even my husband is like, he'll read something I write. He's like, I sleep next to you. Like, what's going on in there? And then I'm always like, too, I'm a Scorpio. We're kind of sick. I don't know. We just like what we like. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Well, maybe... Maybe somewhere in your past, you had a, a villain that got the short, you know, that, that no, a misunderstood villain in your past that like you're trying perhaps, to. Perhaps. I just, I find them entertaining and decisive and I feel like a decisive person as well. And I think that is why I'm attracted. Not that you can't have a, a good hearted protagonist make executive decisions either. I just find villains tend to take bigger swings and I'm attracted mm-hmm. to that. As someone who takes big swings myself, but not in a nefarious way, typically. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much I'm just to you. I have a pretty strong moral compass because I've been asked a lot about like what I think about con artists and things like that. And I honestly, I just think most of us have a good heart and we're not going to, even if we want to go after something, we're not going to do a bad thing to get it. It's just like not how we're were routed as it were, but there are some people that just don't have that. So they say whatever they want with conviction and people tend to believe it. And I think that's really how it all happens. I don't even think con artists are necessarily like genius people. I just think they don't have that thing the rest of us have, which allows them to kind of do whatever they want. I think there's just like a a weird wish fulfillment about that. And so I do like to explore that in my characters. They're doing things I would never do. And that's fun to write. <laughs> I feel like it's all on a on a spectrum. Totally. I mean, you can go from like exaggerating a story to make it funnier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just these tiny little things or like, oh, well, it's a, a white lie or I don't know. Like, yeah. don't worry about it. And then that seems harmless. Not the story part. I kind of get annoyed when people do that, but it's fine. Right. <laughs> anyway, but you know, all the way to manufacturing a new identity. But yeah, I think I think maybe it comes from a place of wish. I don't know. Who knows? But it is fascinating. Fascinating. I think people are just interested. Like, how did that person do that? And why? Yeah. And like in B's case, I mean, she definitely does bad things, but what she's trying to do actually, I don't think is that bad. I mean, she just wants to finally be able to feel at peace and relax. And that's just the product of how she was raised. And that's what her goal is. But I don't think she self-identifies as a con artist anymore because she's just trying to like become B forever. And that's like her final identity. That's who she wants to be. 
and where like her mother just was for the thrill of it and constantly switching it up. And that's really not her MO at all. So I just think the more complex your characters are, the more fun it is to, to write them. And ultimately people have a good time reading them. (laughs) What do you like to read? Oh my God. I read all sorts of stuff. I just finished the shards, which I love the new Brady Stanalis. Thought it was great. That's so funny. Cause I was going to read that. I was like, Oh no, I'm going to be too scared. So of course you're reading that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. You know what I'll say? Cause I've, I've read most, if not all of his books. And I found this one, even though there's some dark stuff in it to have a much gentler tone and pace. I went to see him speak to Rachel Kushner when they were both mm-hmm. in LA and he referred to it as a hangout novel. And I thought that was so cool. Cause it is quite long. I think it's almost 600 pages and it's a lot of description about being a teenager in 1981 in West LA. And it's, very atmospheric and vibey. I think you could probably handle it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Because it's not as brutal as like, like even I had a hard time reading American Psycho, even though I objectively thought it was good. It was, it's a brutal book. And I didn't think this one was. All right. Um, uh, I've been know. on a celebrity memoir kick for sure. I did spare. Uh-huh. I just picked up Love Pamela because I loved her Netflix documentary. I find okay. her really- fascinating i also read salma blair's memoir recently mean oh, baby yeah i got that but i never read really it yeah good. No, it was really good i did the age of vice which i liked a lot yeah. yep yeah so i mean i read a lot of contemporary fiction i'll read memoir um i read horror i really like westerns and dad books i'm actually reading um, the charm school right now which i think is from like the 70s or 80s julie clark recommended it we were talking about how much we love the americans and uh-huh. she's like oh you have to read this russian spy novel called the charm school so i'm reading that and she's like it's kind of a dad book but whatever so I, it's pretty eclectic i like to read most things and see how i respond like if someone says oh i think you like this book i'm happy to read it even if it's not in my usual genre like I just read my first Emily Henry and I'm not a big romance reader and I thought Beach Read was fantastic. So I'm always open to trying something new. That's awesome. You should just take my job on the side. <laughs> read all these books. And I'm excited to see you in LA at the store at the bookshop. I know. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Oh, it's such a great neighborhood. When I saw that's where you were opening, I like literally screeched because I just felt like... <laughs> There needed to be one over there. It's the perfect lane for it. So I think you guys are going to do amazing. I feel like the whole West Side is a buzz. Because <laughs> a lot it's of so nice, yeah, yeah, it's it's the best. I love living on the West Side of town. So oh, and you're, you live on the West Side too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So. I'm in Marina Del Rey. So. Awesome, amazing. Okay, well, I'm excited to see you in person very, very soon. And yes. congratulations on Stone Cold Fox. I can't wait. I bet by the time I see you, you'll have fabulous news about it because it's going to be great. And I'll just work on the casting on the side. Any, uh, you know, my brain is like, ooh, Margot Robbie, maybe? I don't know. I know. Mar- I thought of Margot Robbie a lot while writing B, just because Margot Robbie is so outrageously hot. Like, yeah. just objectively, yeah. like, one of the most beautiful women on the planet. And that's how I pictured B, just like someone that when she walks by, like, everybody's head turns, like, who is that? So yeah. I thought of Margot a lot. She's babe. oh my gosh all right well this is fun i can't believe this is my job this is like so much fun just sitting and chatting you know anyway you have an amazing job many jobs you're doing so much every time though everybody is i'm just like no i know i'm just you're just someone i'm very impressed with and i like following all of your career exploits and it's just really cool to see thank you thank you very much okay well this has been great and i will see you very soon Sounds good, Divi. Thanks so much.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 